You can do it. Yes, you can. I'm Bree Pruitt. Help me understand your trouble, your struggle. I'll build you up. I'm Bree Pruitt. You're my buttercup. You're listening to You Can Do It with Bree Pruitt, the weekly pep talk podcast for all the things we struggle with. I'm your host, Bree Pruitt, coming to you live from the studio in Glendale, California. That's the traditional land of the Tongva, Tatapyam, and Chumash people. I'm sending all my energy right now to you good and gentle listeners. Ah, oh, good and gentle listeners. I hold you in my heart. Welcome to the episode. Come on in. Have a seat on a very fancy Adirondack chair as you stare into the tree line. An Adirondack chair? A wooden Adirondack chair? It's like one of those low deck chairs you really sink into. It's got those beautiful arms. You can set like your your hard cider <laughs> or hot apple cider. How nice. Watching a sunrise, wearing a beanie outside, maybe inside. I don't know. Maybe it's a beach house. Uh, either way, you know, have a sit in the Adirondack chair because it's going to be a great episode. Gonna be a relaxing one. Uh, I get together with the very funny LA-based comedian Lynn Molly. Uh, she is. I I wrote down girl boss, <laughs> but I meant it in the highest vibration of girl boss. Very, you know, best friend, big sister, best friend energy. Really, really good girl boss energy. Um, she we talk about. A lack of time, just a lack of damn hours in the day. We talk about having it all and perfectionism. Uh, what I'm discovering is I think we are about to have a series <laughs> of episodes about perfectionism. Uh, if that is your affliction, I hope you tune in. Um, it was a fantastic conversation with Lynn. She is responsible for some excellent L.A. comedy, so you must follow her. It's uh, Lynn Molly. Hey, Lynn Molly. I'll link it in the notes. You know, you know what to do. You know how to find people on the internet, don't you? She spells her name a little bit differently, but you'll you'll be able to find her. Uh, find uh, you, and you must truly follow the podcast on Instagram at you can do it podcast on Twitter at uh, it's you can do it WBP, and frankly, you should follow me. I'm at Brie Pruitt across platforms. Listen in because a lot of stuff is happening, guys, and you gotta you gotta follow these people. The world is awakening again okay and even if I'm posting a lot about LA that's going to change soon I agree that we're not out of the woods but um, I'm so happy to see you know comedy is um, alive and well here in Los Angeles you know we're, we're all taking care a lot of people are wearing masks to shows actually most people are wearing masks to shows and we love it uh, we will wear a mask when we're not on stage speaking into the microphone at uh, most of my gigs. Uh, so if that is a concern to you, now you know. And some of them are outside, frankly. Frankly, they are. And that is a extra layer of protection, I believe, that is known. Yes, it is. So what is happening? Well, I'm doing shows, and let me tell you about them. Fridays, every Friday in Silver Lake, it is cult comedy at Cafe Tropical. I brought home an un reasonable amount of pastries left over from the show because not people were not buying pastries. It was not a pastry crowd. And we sometimes sell day-old pastries from the bakery. It's a Cuban bakery. There was a, a pineapple Danish. I mean, just take care of Cafe. This is just a plug for Cafe Tropical because they're supporting not only comedy shows, but AA meetings in that back space in this room. 
and they're giving us pastries to support the arts. But I brought all those pastries home, and that is not going to work going forward. So you must come to the show. It's <laughs> it's a sliding scale. You can pay as little as $5. You can pay as much as $20. Frankly, we won't allow you to pay more than $20. Oh, you insist? Well, then I suppose we'll have to allow it, you know? We, we can't... Um, it's actually against the law for me to refuse your money. So, yeah, because of discrimination. <laughs> so I have to take your money. So please come to Cult Comedy and pay us um, every th- every cent you have. Thank you so much. It's such a good show, you guys. Oh, my God. it's I'm really loving doing it. Um, and this week we have the lovely Katie French, who should be a guest on the show but hasn't yet. Um, it's just and Aviva Siegel and Jessica Seeley there every week, former guests of the podcast. You must listen. They are fantastic humans. Uh, and then coming up, other shows in L.A. I've got I Never Get to Wear This, my new monthly wear. Comedians dress up. Audiences dress up. This month we're going to have the theme of our Thanksgiving finery. I mean, we know Thanksgiving is a colonial holiday that we don't celebrate, but sometimes families get together for a dinner in the holiday season and they dress up and it can be wild as you want. Uh, Maybe it's your office party finery. I never get to wear this. It's happening on November 20th at 8 p.m. in East Hollywood at Third Wheel Studios. And then I've also got a big announcement. Big announcement. Well, uh, I have a show this 30th of November at Dynasty Typewriter with uh, it is a taping for Sirius Radio, and it's going to be hosted by Taylor Tomlinson. It's actually her show for Sirius Radio that is um, on the Netflix channel of their digital radio. I'm not, not explaining what this is. It's a show. It's a live show in L.A. at Dynasty Typewriter, but the recording might be played on um, on Netflix Sirius Radio, so that might be something that you can listen to where you are. Uh, if you are not in the L.A. area, I do not know when it will be on, and it hasn't happened yet. So details to come on that, but that's that's fucking cool. It's nice when um, when I get to boost the signal a little bit, huh? Okay, great. Also, some other good shows coming in in L.A. in December. We've got The Setup, um, which is a great show in West Hollywood on the 1st and on the 12th. I'm doing my guest Lynn Molly's show, mm, Little Nepotiz. I'll never tell. That's in mid, mid-December. mid uh, Details to come on that. I'll plug it again. But it's in Brad Pitt's old house's backyard. We get into it in the conversation. But Lynn hosts a show that is a pot, allegedly a former celebrity's home. So details to come on that. You'll hear about it. And that's the damn shows that are coming up. I, I know that there is probably a lot of anxiety um a lot of people are feeling especially because the covid levels are just going to keep bouncing around for a while gang i know they are because i'm looking at europe germany austria holland they're going back into lockdown for unvaccinated places unvaccinated people so i think in the united states where vaccine unvaccinated rates remain kind of high in some places i don't know i don't know i don't know we got these holidays coming There's just, I know, I think some people are feeling great. I don't want to be a wet blanket. I just want to be like an expectation realistic person. So that's just how I feel. And are these shows going to get canceled? Probably not. I think we're going forward. Um, I hope everybody is turning on their contact tracing. In California, we have a contact tracing app on your phone so that if you're near someone who tests positive, it notifies you and then you go get yourself tested. And frankly, that's what everybody should be doing I think some people have concerns about GPS whatever guess what honey (laughs) Facebook could do this shit because they know what you is okay I took the app off my phone it doesn't matter they're in your head they're in your brain (laughs) I just watched the 
fucking Edward Snowden documentary. Anyway, okay, so a lot of episode to come, so let me get right into the intro. I usually do a rant during the intro before the pep talks come. And the first rant I have, no, before I do the rant, I need to do a pep talk because I'm so annoyed with self-promotion. Even as I do it at the beginning of this podcast, it's so annoying. I know you hate it, and I'm hating posting to social media. It's hard enough just to finish something or plan something or have an idea, but then to make it and finish it and decide you like it enough to share it with the world, even if you don't like it that much, even if it hasn't happened yet, that's tr- that's a tricky part of promoting yourself. I think the show's going to be great. Well, it hasn't happened yet. You don't know. Well, I'd stake my damn reputation on it. Put so many things out of my control. Uh, uh, uh. It's just been a real slog lately. So that's that's the pep talk. Um, I guess what I guess the magic that I can put on this is I kind of feel like self promotion at this point, advertising of any sort, is sort of like drops in the ocean. It's just there's so much out there. There's so many people taking their selfies, sharing their messages. But it kind of doesn't matter anymore, right? And kind of people who are friends with me don't, they just don't hear it and they don't care. And if anything, they they say, yay, we don't think you're annoying. We're glad to see you're working hard. And maybe to the haters, maybe the haters just see what I'm doing. Oh, but see, I don't want the haters to see what I'm doing. <laughs> evil eye that's when you got to bust out the eye and say you know this is not for you yeah 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 okay the magic that I put on it is the eye and the magic is just that may my message reach only those who love me only those who are attracted to my message and is totally deflected by those who aren't Ugh, what a good pep talk I'm so good at magic <laughs> uh and by magic I mean summoning a symbol that is going to help me focus about this and god damn it if not an eye I wish I had the words for the the eye everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say the eye right it's kind of been co-opted um eyeballs are just a decorative thing right now but I in Persian culture you got the sort of the the blue circle with a white inner circle and then black um to you know represent sort of like an eye to I think that I think the expression is like you know if you if evil is attracted to me I deflect it out and evil in the form of like jealousy and envy and haters hateration haterade okay um that's probably inaccurate I apologize to my Persian listeners um but yeah that's that it's good magic you know even if I don't know how to express it with my mouth um I definitely am feeling in my heart that's what symbols are for go magic okay great (laughs) that was the pep talk about self-promotion now I gotta get in this rant okay this rant is serious about Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds I got a bone to pick (laughs) you see you see this guy Ryan Reynolds making rounds promoting his Netflix movie with The Rock and Gal Gadot Gadot Gal Gadot Ryan Reynolds is doing too much it's too much he's already been I don't know why he needs our approval this bad. I am worried about Ryan Reynolds. Why? I need more from Ryan Reynolds. He's being so cutie pie. Cutie pie handsome. Eight pack, 12 pack. Just feels like who is he trying to please? 
what happened with mom? <laughs> Not me projecting mother wounds onto celebrities. <laughs> it's, it's, he's working so hard. He's, those dimples are working so hard. They bet they should make their own. They should cash their own paycheck. He's just going on late night. He's being so funny, so cute. He's doing so much. Instead of really being real in like media, I think he just thinks he's a comedian and not an actor. I guess that's what it is. I really think that's what it is. I really think that's what it is. I mean, I do think he's a really, I think he's a great comedic actor. This, These are the distinctions that, important to make in pop culture is Ryan Reynolds a star I don't know yet because all I've seen from Ryan Reynolds <laughs> again I'm looking at the waveforms for my recording and I am too lit <laughs> so many fire emojis about Ryan Reynolds because um, what have we seen is he a star yet no because what have we seen him do we've seen him be a one of two guys, a gal in a pizza place, which was fantastic. You know, shut up and take my daytime Emmy. He's been in, you know, the Deadpools and the, you know, Van Wilder, funny guy. Deadpool was the breakout role, wasn't it? That was like, look at me. I can do superhero, first of all, which is like very physically demanding. Look at my side abs. Also, there's some dark, there's a lot of acting. There was, there was acting and he had to be uggo, right? I mean, he still wasn't. I, you know, you know, I'd fuck. Come on. Deadpool Ryan Reynolds? In a heartbeat. No question. In fact, it's a red flag if you wouldn't fuck Deadpool Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> If you're too good for Deadpool Ryan Reynolds, if like you're too hot for that, if that turns you off, we're not friends. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like, why? <laughs> Maybe you have a texture thing. Anyway. Okay. Enough. I just, you're on thin ice, Ryan Reynolds. I, we need more from you, bro. Okay. Because we've seen the comedy, we've seen the action, and we've seen kind of shitty B action movies. I think it's just because he's in Canada he does a bunch of them. Does he live in Canada? We don't know. I think it... Okay, guys. <laughs> so, I'm going to whistle. I'm going to talk in a low tone. I think Blake Lively might have had something to do with this. And I know very little about Blake Lively. So I don't want to just randomly hate on a, a random woman. She might be great. But it seems like Ryan is bringing a mediocre personality, one note gimmick to the public. And we need more. Okay. That's the rant. Wait, I just had one other note. Ryan... Learn, watch Jason Sudeikis. Watch him. The toast of the town, Ted Lasso is. But we, 
we asked Jason for more and he gave us more. Okay. He gave us depression. He gave us panic attacks. That's what we, that's why we love. That's my, okay. There's going to be future rants about Pete Davidson, but also Ryan, you could benefit to watch Pete Davidson. We need more. You know what I need? Okay, what about Ryan Reynolds' publicly, publicly, public messy divorce tell-all book? Maybe? I don't know. I just need more vulnerability. I need more nuance. I need more texture from Ryan Reynolds. Please make something heavy. Do, like, use your platform for something instead of just selling your fucking wine or whatever. What does he invest in? Cell phone companies? Ugh, God. Uh. <laughs> okay, and that's the rant. Um, that's the rant. Um, I actually have a second rant this week. It's a smaller rant. It's a lighter rant. You're not, it's not going to turn you off. The second rant this week is a psychedelic rant because, as you all know, I am a witch. I enjoy witchy things and psychedelic things and and wavy gravy stuff so I naturally watched a documentary from the documentarian behind the room uh the documentary is called room 237 and it is about um it is about the film Jesus Christ I really have a, a brain problem it's about the film you know here's Johnny all work no play make Jack a dull boy everybody's yelling it out at the podcast and that's enough I don't need to say it okay it's the shining it's the shining it's the shining but frankly why is it called the shining um nobody you know Nobody that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, The Shining is just what Scatman Crothers says is behind the thing. Anyway, anyway, this documentary, Room 237, it's pretty interesting. It's about The Shining and Kubrick, like, having maybe perhaps staged the moon landing. So it's kind of like conspiracy theory kind of documentary, but it's really good. And also, I think he did a documentary about night terrors. And I was like, all right, this is so this documentary is called I don't even want to promote it, but it's called A Glitch in the Matrix. And it's about the idea that we're living in a simulation. That we're living in a simulation. Okay, so and I like that kind of stuff. I like to learn about that kind of stuff. Not like flat earth documentary. I'm not trying to like. But I'll watch a documentary about people with a like a strong take about something. I think it's interesting. So I started watching this documentary. First red flag. There are no fucking women in this documentary. This entire documentary fails. The, every second of this documentary fails the Bechdel test. Because there's no fucking women in this documentary. I think when you do not have women on a certain kind of project. It really is obvious that you don't have any women in your life or like you just, I don't know. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this, um, this documentary filmmaker. I'm not going to name him, but, um, so the glitch in the matrix, they do all these, um, interviews with these people who have had experiences with kind of un basically peeling away the layers of 
societal construct. And they take this to mean, right, otherwise known as a spiritual experience, (laughs) they take this to mean that there's a possible, you know, it's a possibility that none of this is real, blah, blah, blah. And frankly, like, none of this is real is a fine platform to take. But in the context of this documentary, it was just like a bunch of white men talking about how, like, oh, they realize, like, everything couldn't be real. Everything's so absurd and blah, blah, blah. And what it obviously is is a bunch of dudes who do not have empathy. <laughs> like, they don't feel connected to the people around them. So they're like, oh, man, the Matrix is crazy. Like, they're... And now it's all falling into place, right? All this shit. And Elon Musk is praised in this documentary as being somebody who's trying to, you know, flag. They even go so far. One of these guys is so far as to say, like, we're in Elon's simulation. (laughs) Oh, fuck off, dude. Fuck off, dude. If I could believe for a second that I was a figment of Elon Musk's imagination, if I could believe that for a second, I would walk... Actually, I would go to his house. Um, that's crazy. It's it's fine to like disassociate or dis uh, destroy your idea of humanity. Take it take it all the way apart. Disassemble, you know. And that's what meditation will do. And and spiritual experiences and dark nights of the soul and any kind of experience where your total identity is broken down, you should, if you haven't in one point in your life believed that the world is not real, guess what, bitch? You're privileged. (laughs) And that's what is fucking happening to these men. Oh, my God. And they cannot believe that. Oh, my God. I. It's just, oh, man, this is a real rant that's not actually thought out totally first. But there's plenty of room in, if you are a psychedelic, if you're a wavy gravy and you are wondering why there aren't a lot of chicks around. <laughs> that needs to be part of your unlearning too. And and just, it, you know, I think these it's spiritual bypassing, frankly, of like sexism for you to say none of this is real. Uh, well, if none of this is real, then how is the societal experience of sexism existing in spaces right now? Like, or like, why are you being sexist right now then? <laughs> like... I guess it's true that the simulation can run social construct ills like, you know, even within a dialogue about itself. The whole idea behind it. Oh, my God. Nobody wants to hear this. The whole idea behind everything is a simulation is like, imagine how amazing video games are from when they started to now. That's how fast computers can advance. So maybe computers have already developed or or maybe in a different reality, computers are developing something and that's what we're existing in. Computers are amazing. It's really just kind of technocrat um, messaging, I believe. Actually, I think it is like just kind of glorifying technology and like like nature. It's kind of perverse, but I also believe like it's totally valid for a very, very techie person to think in those terms. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think you have you can have like a real talk about unlearning reality or 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 theory without a balance of of women in the room. It's gross. 
Okay, great. Good, good rant. I really petered out at the end there. Oh my gosh, you guys. Uh, we have a great conversation with Lynn. So let me wrap this the hell up. Um, I always pull a tarot card for my good and gentle listeners. Oh yeah, I pull it every week. And this week I pulled the card, the queen of discs reverse. Um, the queen of discs. It's like a very beautiful, uh, you know, kind of calm, a lady sitting in a throne and she's like surrounded by antlers. Um, And I don't know. It's like, um, and she's, you know, she's, it's like you have a hold of your needs, but you aren't comfortable. I think it's a, it might be about releasing relationships or people who aren't around for you. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it could be about physical resources too, because it's pentacles. So uh, the other piece of this is that it's astrology time. It's not an astrology podcast, but it's astrology time right now for me to tell you that it's eclipse season. And on the 19th of November, there's going to be an eclipse. eclipse, And there's going to be another one on uh, December 4th. It's just going to be a time for you to rest, look inside yourself, look at, you know, your physical resources, look for your relationships. Kind of just what's around you, I think, is kind of the idea. Home, hominess. That makes sense because it's the autumn, winter time. Ugh. Yeah, I think we're kind of getting into a gang. The fucking leaves are turning. <laughs> They're dead. They're dead on the ground. We got to turn them over, turn them into compost. We're getting into it. It's November. You wouldn't know it by fucking L.A. It's been 90 degrees this week, but we're, we're getting into it. Yeah, so embrace it. Everybody embrace your your queen who feels a little bit out of control of her resources. Evaluate what you can change, but be gentle with yourself. And on these damn eclipse days, you better rest. You better rest, girl. You better relax. You better journal you better write down your dreams that's what we do in eclipse all right folks i am out of here please enjoy this conversation with my lovely lovely guest and follow them on the socials and all the things it's lynn molly and we're back it's you can do it with brie pruitt i'm joined today by my amazing hilarious guest lynn molly hello hi thanks for being here lynn you are um a comedian you are a kind of a hustler producer extraordinaire yeah. gal about town yeah I guess that's one way to put it I've lived here a long time so it all starts to snowball effect you're a pro man I I find I feel like everyone is a is an amateur here in LA except for you oh I'll take it <laughs> I think running shows just comes very very naturally to me because I'm just like a natural born host that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? I'm so curious. Um, I can hundred percent tell you that that is an inherited Middle Eastern woman trait. We love to, we love to feed. We love to entertain. We love to bring a lot of people together and, uh, and worry if they're having a good time or not. Relatable. Yeah. Uh, my culture is not that we are like, don't come over, please. <laughs> And by my culture, I mean, having divorced parents, I think like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well that is so sweet. And you, you run some incredible shows. Where can me and my listeners show up for you? Cool. Well, I've got two right now in the works. The first is called the Plaza. It's a monthly show on Fridays, but no specific Fridays really. 
Um, it's in Brad Pitt's old backyard. And the next one is Friday. Record to- scratch. <laughs> I know. I guess that's more. It, I've been telling people from home and they like don't even bat an eye. And I'm like, have I gotten so L.A. that having a show in Brad Pitt's backyard just like doesn't phase people anymore? They they just hear like a jumble of celebrity ass words come out of your mouth. You're like lavender latte, Leo DiCaprio, avocado toast. They're like, oh, Lynn, just an average day. But it is really special. It's really special. Yeah, Yeah, we I just feel like Brad Pitt is one. I mean, it's like saying Clark Gable, you know, it's just like the most Hollywood L.A. kind of thing. My um, type of guy that I'm into is like yeah. really scrawny, nerdy dudes. But Brad Pitt is like, I just feel he's what I call like a great equalizer. He's every yeah. person's man. Yeah. And I'm same. like, I don't want a quarterback, but no, not at all. But but Brad, but Brad, <laughs> come on. He adopted all those children, you know, uh-huh. um, he's loved such complicated women. Yeah. Do you know, um, you know, Lisa Curry, right? I do. Yeah. She recently tweeted that Brad Pitt saw her do stand up and told her she was funny. And I was like, fuck off. Lisa, just retire now. <laughs> That's the height. That's as I, good as it gets. I really like Lisa. I and she's been her. a guest on my podcast. I love her. She's the I best. just had a flash, though. And I was like, I am so jealous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, turn into a dragon for just a second. Because I want to do stand up in front of Brad Pitt so bad. We're trying so hard to get him to the show. We're going to get it. We're going to get him to to something. Yeah. We need a huge celeb to become like an East L.A. alt comedy head. Come on. Like if anyone's going to do it, especially it's in his old backyard. He knows the address. We need our fucking Olivia Munn. Yeah. (laughs) We deserve this. It is our time. And there really aren't. I, I just changed my um Twitter, my Twitter moniker to be the female Pete Davidson, because this is really what I aspire to. Like, how can I be a loser and be worshipped by A-listers? Um, I hear he's got a good personality. I I don't know. So do I. So do you smoke weed all day. Me I also. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're missing. We got to sit know. him down. Yeah, we got to sit him down. Well, um. Yeah, we absolutely should support the plaza. I interrupted you. Go on to list your other venture. Okay, so the other one is brand new. It's the first ever Middle Eastern only uh, stand-up show at the Hollywood Improv. Um, I'm hosting it with a girl named Gina B. Jones. She's also um, first generation. She's half Syrian. She's also, um, I want to say half Mexican. And uh, we're only booking Middle Eastern comics. It's the first show of its kind. And we're really excited. Amazing. Is there a name for it or should we just? Yeah, it's called Hilarious Habibis. I don't know when this is coming out, but the next one is Wednesday, November 17th. Hilarious Habibis. So this might not be out yet. Sweet. Oh, I love it so much. Wonderful. Well, we'll definitely. um, And then what's your socials so we can follow you and learn more? Just at Hey Lynn Molly across the board. Except maybe not on LinkedIn. I don't know. That might be my real name. (laughs) Don't contact Lynn through LinkedIn. It's very strange. Um, It's very bad to reach out through LinkedIn. (laughs) Were you among, this is a side note, were you among the comics who got a message on Facebook from a little boy who wanted tips on how to do stand-up comedy? 
No, but I did hear about the one with the the like scam where they some guy was getting um female oh, yeah. comics to do like bits for his wife or something. Yeah, there was a scam <laughs> for the listeners, for the good and gentle listeners. There was a scam of a man saying, Hey, would you like roast my wife for her birthday <laughs> and I'll pay you five hundred dollars? What was the end up? What was the end up uh, the read on that one? So I think he like sends you $5,000 or something. And then he's like, oh, I messed up. Can you send me the money back? And then oh. you do when he gets your info that way. Oh, yeah. You'd be an idiot to send it back. Yeah. I, but it must not be like, it must not be also. legit. Yeah. yeah. He'll just contact his bank and, and cancel it. Okay. Well, scamming comedian artists. Great idea, pal. Yeah. Just what we need. But also Another he obstacle. Didn't- hit me up. So part of me is like, am I not relevant enough? (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. The 13 year old boy, um, did contact me to ask for stand-up tips. And I told him to manage his depression and mental health closely. That's really good advice. I wish somebody had said that to me when I was 13 about anything. Yeah. Uh, I, that wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. And then it was like such a, such a big problem at oh, that time. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I truly think no time is worse than childhood. I think that's the worst life ever can possibly be. But Lynn, these people have happy childhoods out here, but it's, I agree. It's, it is, it was hell for me, for me. Yeah. But, and then you meet these people who are fine and I don't like them or relate to them. Uh, just wait till you come to the plaza because it's like an audience <laughs> full of people who had great childhoods. <laughs> and then they're like, dance for me, broken people, dance. Uh, you really just said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fabulous. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity for my listeners to go, you know, meet some people. Yeah. To scam. Exactly. There you go. Or to just be around pretty people and feel cool for a hot minute. And us broken people can dance for broken people also, you know, yeah. And that's actually what I would prefer. Um, (laughs) feels like more of a, a even keel. Okay. We don't want to take up too much of your time. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the question that I ask of all of my guests. How can I build you up buttercup? Okay. Well, my big struggle right now is that I am trying to do it all and it is breaking me. And I think we've talked about this before, but I think it's just, it's, I've calculated time and this is how time works. You have 24 hours in a day. Say sleeping takes up about nine. I'm including the time you check your phone before bed. I'm so glad you said nine hours. I thought you were going to say some ridiculous shit, like six hours or something like that. Okay, great. No, if you're going to operate at this level, you need nine hours. Amen. Absolutely. So you're getting your nine hours of sleep. And then on top of that, I like to do, I like to go to the gym and that takes like two hours of my life. And then I uh, work eight hours a day. So then I calculated it. I'm left with five hours to pursue my dreams, eat my meals, uh, maintain the relationships that have gotten me all these cool shows and like opportunities, um, have my relationship that I'm in with my partner of like 13 years and, uh, somehow managed to go to open mics too. And I, if an open mics an hour away, and it takes you two hours to get up, that gives you like one hour of life for you. So yeah. how, how the math doesn't work. No. What, what do you do? How do we do it all? I think about 
uh, Tina Fey every single day. Having it all. Having it all. Yeah. And can you imagine having children? Oh my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's so crazy to me. This is what comes up. I'm so happy to hear you say that because when I have friends or family that are like, you know, kids, they don't understand. There's absolutely no time for a person who wants to pursue something outside of just being a, or working at a day job. Yeah. Unless you're a man, in which case. Oh yeah. Cause then you have free labor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I can't, I can't even, I would love a dog. I can't even figure out how I would add that. Like, I don't have time for three walks or four walks. I don't have that. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, this is, incredibly important. I hate this for you. I'm paralyzed by those numbers that you gave me. (laughs) Um, It's very scary. And um, we're going to tackle this. We're going to get into it because first of all, I need to just tell you, you're doing so great despite all these obstacles. So I think that speaks really highly to your exactly what you're speaking to that optimization. You know what your body needs to function. And that at least is a boundary because you know what you would be doing if you were not a capable, like if you were not a loving to yourself kind of person, you'd start cutting into that nine hours. Yeah, that's you'd start true. Sawn right into it. That's not, that can't be sacrificed. Well, then we just need to hold space for how amazing that is. Yeah, absolutely. Highly recommend sleep to everyone. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. And that little hour or whatever, how much, you know, how many, however many. TikToks you need to get into that space. For me, it's a very stupid. Well, actually, you know, it's it's a New York Times game, so it's called Spelling Bee, and it's it's like a little hexagon, and they just have letters, and you form them into words, and that Boggle. I have to do. Yeah, have Boggle. to do that game. Yeah, I bet that's great for your comedy too. I think any word game, like brain verbal portion is like great for writers, comedians. It's great. Yeah, for sure. Crosswords are great. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're not wasting time. You're like, (laughs) you're instead of like scrolling through TikToks, like you're like eating your vegetables is the vibe I'm getting from you. I very specifically never got on TikTok, which may be a problem for my career because everyone I know who's on TikTok has like a million followers somehow, but I just, I, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, that's fine. You don't need to do that. But I'm just saying like the rest of us are eating cotton candy. You're eating vegetables. Okay. I'll take it. So you're doing these, you're doing these like really clutch things to maximize your time. And I think that's really amazing. Um, so the first resource that I have to offer you, usually we go through the macro. I think it's really obvious here. Like capitalism is a bitch. We got to work at our job. We should be supported. To, you know, our dreams should be supported. If we were British Canadian, it would be, there would be funding for us to do what we're doing. You'd be writing grants. You would be getting paid out the ass for the shows you were putting on. If you were putting them on in, you know, uh, fucking Nova Scotia. I didn't even know about that. I didn't know that was like the thing. Well, just any kind of socialized economy is, has money for the arts. Um, theoretically we do too. Um, there are whole jobs, you know, grant writers and stuff like that. Um, but that is like not really, it's really more for the fine arts in, in the Americas. We're like the fine arts are what it is, but in fucking Canada, you can get paid for doing circus arts or burlesque or some shit, you know, oh. it's great. Um, so that's the macro, right? Um, also the macro is that, you know, like you said, you're a woman, <laughs> you don't have, 
people to do labor for you necessarily in the same way. Um, yeah. And we can't look like garbage. We can't eat garbage. We can't be like these male comics. I know who like live in the corner of someone's car. Like I can't do that. That's not safe. And that is why when fucking Christopher Hitchens or whatever is like, Oh, women aren't funny. It's like, yeah, because we're being safe indoors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And all the things you speak of. I'm not sleeping on a couch. I have to, you know, pay rent. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. yes. the deal. Okay. So the so the game-changing phrase that I'm going to bring to you, the good and gentle listeners have heard it a lot. Um, and the phrase is, what even is time? And time isn't real. Is And I, I believe this. And okay. um, I, you know, you know, Lynn, I, I don't know if you've spent so much time around me that you know that I'm... Um, you know, like kind of Cracker Jacks, like witchy, you know, woo woo person. Me too. Great. Yeah. So in, in the Pando, you probably felt that time feeling different that everybody yeah. was describing. Um, in one of my magic classes, this was described as Kronos time versus, oh crap, the other kind of time. Um, and basically it's like two sides of your brain. Like one is very in touch with, um, with, reality and like how time is passing chronos versus time kairos time is the other kind of time Mm. um and kairos is like qualitative yeah so that's a part of your brain that's like slowing down in an emergency you know some shit like you're dying you see your life flash before your eyes and that's kairos time so that's like a literal studied um thing i don't know if it's like science or actually just like brain neurology or something like that um, sounds yeah. like fight or flight time. Great way to put it. Yeah. I think yeah. it's in the psychology umbrella of study, which is, you know, depending on who you are, you might think is science and you might not, but I, I think of it as science. And that's the part of the brain that's like, you know, this is really happening right now. This is really not happening right now. And I'm not saying that you should be in fight or flight mode in order to like, feel like you have more time, but I'm just saying that because I do think that time is relative And so when you see those scary, scary numbers in front of you, I hope that takes some power away from them. Okay. I hear that. That's very cool. Yeah. I, yeah, because I don't know. Yeah. My sense of time, I think is really fucked up both because I am not totally aware of my surroundings all the time. Like I'm, you know, I'm just like, space cadet. Yeah. But also because I smoke mad weed, which absolutely fucks with your sense of time. Um, and I actually read, um, uh, uh, something about how so many Americans smoke weed and it was theorized that it's because we work so much and yeah. we are not able to take vacations, but what is, uh, you know, a joint, but a tiny little vacation. Cause it makes your synapses, um, move, or, you know, it seems like time is slowed down. Yeah. Do you, are you someone who can operate like with it all day long? Wow. I don't, um, I don't smoke weed bef- like directly before I do stand up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause but you get like, on stage and you're like, why is everyone looking at me? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, no, no, not actually. Let me rephrase. It's more just like, it's more that I want to follow like the Fox that's leaping through my brain in different, like in a playful way, instead of yeah. like, following the path through the forest that I'm supposed to, which is the telling the jokes that the audience is there to enjoy. Got it. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
And every time that I have smoked weed before I do stand up, and I was like, oh man, that was so good. I listened back and I was like, nope, just kind of slow. I always think, I think the, the like glass of wine is really, it's a trick that's, or like, I always think of Julie Andrews when she filmed Sound of Music, she would do like a shot of schnapps before like each of her like song numbers. So I'm always like, well, if Julie does it. Yeah, I think some people need to unwind and some people need to yeah. wind up and yeah, I wind up. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But Julie seems pretty tense. So that makes sense to yeah, me. Yeah. But I mean, that's how you become a legend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beyonce, Julie, you got to drink a little to. Does Beyonce? I don't know, but I think of Beyonce as the most like diligent artist yes. of our time. I agree. Virgo. Oh, that's so interesting. I recently found out I'm like one of my moons or suns or something is Virgo. And that's why like I'm like a hyper organized um, like a type. And I was like, oh, this all makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 That would, I, yeah, it would make sense to me that you're a Virgo and that like clocking out your time and stuff is I would Virgo call it energy. Very Virgo energy. Yeah. I am um, saw an astrologist recently. Shout out Danny <gasps> Santos. You should meet him. He's phenomenal or have him on your podcast. Honestly, both. Okay. Go on. He's a beautiful gay first generation Cuban man. So oh, we love him. We love. Yeah. He, um, he told me, he was like, your problem is that because you have this, um, like Virgo energy underneath you, but I'm like a Leo that, um, I tend to stick with like my day job because I, mm. I love the organization and routine of it and the like stability. But he was like, once you shed that and like, get like, let yourself get uncomfortable, like your Leo's going to be able to like fully blossom. But have I listened to Danny yet? I have heard him and I know I have to like quit some jobs, but it's so hard to give up those paychecks. I have three jobs. Wow. Yeah. 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 That was going to be like my other, my next resource to offer is um, not to work so hard at your day job. Yeah. <laughs> if that was possible. Yeah. No, I know. I'm always like kind of subsisting. I hope nobody who ever employs me hears this at that, like just enough that they don't notice <laughs> that well, you're. Let's talk about it abstractly, you know, okay. which yeah. is that, yeah, w- under capitalism, there's no incentive for workers yeah. to do our best. Yeah, absolutely. They don't care about us. They don't. We don't make more money when they make more money. No, Um, probably for most people, that's the case. Um, And so that's where we're at. Um, Yeah. Also, if I had one job that paid me enough to live my life, then I would have one job and I wouldn't be juggling three and kind of only doing the just bare amount for all of them. That's tough. Sounds like you're doing a great job of not blaming any shortage of time on yourself. No, I mean, I think I use my time really effectively. I think I just have my hand in too many pots and it's like so hard to know which pots to, because a part of me is like, well, if I quit all my jobs and I'm just like living paycheck to paycheck and struggling, but then like a day goes by and I don't create like a miracle, I'll be like, I gave up my money and my career for this. Like, what am I doing but now it's like, if I don't come up with like a miracle in a day, which how can you come up with a miracle every single day? It's like, I'm like, well, I have my job. My job's kind of like a, an excuse. It's like a crutch. What do you mean by come up with a miracle? <laughs> like in my head, if I like am not working in a day, I should like 
you know, write like 10 reductress headlines because I write for reductress or I have to like, um, you know, like come up with a new bit for like stand up or I have to like. You have to create something. Yes. And then okay. some days you don't create something. Yeah. And like, I can't imagine, like, I always think if I had like unlimited money, it would almost be worse because if you didn't do something impressive all the time, you'd have nothing to like blame it on. If you didn't do something impressive all the time, you wouldn't have anything to blame it on because, oh, oh, oh. Because you'd have unlimited you resources. You're, you're arguing why trust fund kids are not impressive. <laughs> yeah. Or like and, how depressed they must be if yeah. they're not like changing the world. I argue, I would argue that if you did have unlimited money, you wouldn't feel the pressure to create a miracle every day. Yeah, that might be true. I might just be on a boat. Yes. Uh, and that would be great. <laughs> it would be great. Or, you know, we, you know, the way we think of our I love the use of the word miracle because it's extremely magical because what you're talking yeah. about is like creating anything, but it is magical and miraculous. Yeah. And we're fucking conjurers for doing that. Um, I was going to talk to you about that too, because I feel like I can use your insight because you are such a brilliant artist, of course. Um, I have like a really hard time. So my process for like yeah. being creative is I sit around and wait for things to come to me fully formed. I'm not like a person who's like, I'll do a shitty first draft and then edit it. No, things come to me and then I write them in like a whirlwind and they're perfect or things don't come to me for months on end. And I know that's bad and it's better to have like a routine and a practice. And I'm kind of curious how that goes for you. Lynn. I have exactly the same process as you. Oh, that's why we like each other. I think it is. Yeah. And I, the way I've described it before is like, um, I have a friend who, um, Alex Falcone, who's a very funny comedian, yeah, yeah. but um, we're a little bit different in that he's an artisan. He's turning mm. the screws. He's, um, you know, he finds the lumber and he makes the most beautiful chair. I am wandering through the forest yep. until I find the most beautiful tree that evokes something. And then I like, you know, I maybe like cut a notch into the tree where you can sit, but it's yeah. not really a chair. It's just the most beautiful tree. And I beckon yeah. everyone to come to it. So that, that's like my um, my problem also. And I do wish to have a process just like you, but I am uh, sadly not the person to help you. Oh, with okay. Well, that's good to know. It makes me happy because I have so many friends who are like, every day I like go to my coffee shop and I sit down and I write 27 jokes. Yeah. And yeah. of this, and I'm like, you're 27 jokes a yeah. day. Like how? Well, I bet you're doing other things because you are right. It sounds like you're writing yeah. as a yeah. practice anyway. And it's like, it doesn't, to me, if you are, in the, in giving yourself the space to create, that's a process, you know? And for me, I like to give myself a lot of stage time to create. I'm yes. not trying to go to open mics um, like that, but I'm doing weekly shows and things like that, where I'll do my material up top, play a little bit in the middle, do my material at the bottom, you know, or some, you know, combo. Um, and I've been doing stand up long enough that I kind of trust my instincts and kind of know when something is, if not interesting enough to be listened to, <laughs> that is like, you know, at least, um, you know, it's got some, I know that there's going to be some like punchlines to climb <laughs> as I'm the, the listeners understand that I am, um, doing a mountain climbing 
activity uh, pantomime that I've never uh, done before. Anyway. Yeah, that's my thing. I, I'm reading The Artist's Way. Have you ever read The Artist's Way? So that's the thing that like I keep being like, I'm going to quit my job and do The Artist's Way. I know it's like a little like godly. And that's like a little bit of the the hurdle to get through that she like just brings up God a whole lot, which it's a little spiritual. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like spiritual I get, but some of the like God will like guide your artistry or something. I'm like, I can't get past this. Oh, OK. But I, I love the idea of the morning pages and I want to do that. But like. Will I stick with that? Mm-hmm, Questionable. Mm-hmm. Well, damn, you have all these other routines. I See, I'm not routine at all. Mm. Um, so for me, having a scattershot process creatively is also like that makes sense. Like that's part of that. Um, my lifestyle. Yeah. And um, but, you know, maybe I think maybe morning pages would be good for you. Yeah, um, I, I have done it sporadically. And I that's that's how that's going to be able to work for me. <laughs> And I can't beat myself up. I don't like beating myself up. It's not a way for me to get something done. You know, hey, you idiot, get a routine is not the way that I'm able to get in routine. So I'm just and especially right now, I'm just being so gentle with myself. Yeah. And I think being gentle is is a smart thing to do. I mean, I, of course, and you might know this. I I don't I know you're half Korean, right? I'm a quarter Korean, but thank you for Korean. giving me a little extra, <laughs> a little extra <laughs> diversity. So I don't know if you have like the, uh, you know, foreign, uh, parent mentality at all, but like, it is hard to, cause at least for me growing up, it was always like, if you weren't like the best at something, it like wasn't. So I feel like I always have that in my head and my brother's like a genius. So there's always oh. this like constant, like, I need to be as good as him. I need to be as like perfect. And yeah, sounds like a lot of chatter. Yeah, there's a lot of noise in here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That um, I'm I'm hearing now like perfectionism and, and yeah. things like that would would come through in this like timekeeping um, scenario. Ugh. Perfectionism. Uh, perfectionism is like so debilitating. Paralyzing. Yeah, it really is. Because I see mm-hmm. people, I always see people who will just like write a script and they'll like give it to me. They'll do a table read and it's just like so sloppy. And I'm like, but they finished it. Yeah. And that's like more impressive than what I've done, which is like sat around and been like, I could do something so much better, but I didn't. It's like they did it. Um, I'm going to share with you um, something that is like, so this thing of like, I just wait for something to come to me, <laughs> like channel, channel yeah. fully formed yeah. thing. There's been a script that I've been thinking about, a movie script I've been thinking about for years, years and years. And recently, um, scenes have been coming to me. Oh, that's cool. So it's like, or, or, or it'll just be like, or I'll start. Um, what's the, what's that video game where it's like a snowball Katamari or whatever, where you're just like rolling this thing around and starts picking up things. So, so that's how, what I would describe as like some of my projects where it's like, I'll, I'll be channeling an idea and then I'll remember something traumatic or something bad will happen or something funny will happen. I'll be like, Oh, now that's part of this. So I just have a bucket in my head and now like everything's going in that bucket. Um, and that's made it a lot easier. So 
you know, years ago when I was like, I'm writing this script, I'm writing this script. Oh, fuck. Why haven't I written the script yet? It's such a great idea. Why haven't I written the script yet? You know, it's still um, growing inside of me. Yeah. I love that. I do love it. Like it is really refreshing to talk to someone who has the same strategy as me. That does make me feel, especially like an artist that like I admire oh, as thanks. well. Of course. Um, so yeah, it does. Cause literally everyone, I have a lot of friends. I wonder if this will drive you crazy too, Funny. who will like dissect jokes and they'll, they'll be like, so I'm writing a joke and I want it to be like a switch joke or like, I want it to be a mapping joke. And then they're like formulating it like these little math problems. And I'm mm. like, this would never work for me. Not in a million years to like sit down and science my humor out. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I ha- I've done, have you ever done anything like that? Like any of those, like write a list of 10 things you hate and then write a joke out of that list or whatever. Like, have you ever done anything like that? I've tried it and it always just like does not, my brain is like short circuits and it's like, this isn't how we, how we function, but maybe that's okay. Maybe just to accept the way your brain functions is fine. Absolutely. Accept the way you, how your brain functions. Um, my suggestion was going to be to try it, to see if it yielded any results, because I am going to go out on a limb here and say that it probably doesn't like, it might make someone feel great because they're doing writing, but is it a joke that's going to go into the set that you would have never come up with unless you wrote this little list? I don't know, man. And frankly, I think this comes back to what, why you and me are doing standup, which is we're not here to talk about any random ass shit. We're here to talk about real shit. And when you write a little list of like random words that you see around you, Oh, bookstore, uh, melon, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to write a joke about a fucking melon in a bookstore. Like, that's not it. That's not what I'm here to talk about. Yeah. I like to write things that are just like so deeply personal and real and have occurred. And cause I think it's so like, I think observational humor is so hard because everybody's made the same observations, but yeah. the things that happen to you have only happened to you. That's why I'm more of a, I feel like story-based comic. And observation humor now is like current events. Yeah. Like that's the new, like you can't just be a, you know, Seinfeld and talk about airplanes. Everything has been talked about airplanes. Yeah. So you got to say something about COVID or some shit, but we don't have enough space in between ourselves and the trauma of this moment for audiences to enjoy that kind of thing, in my opinion. Oh, Unless no. it's so brilliant. And with like, in the age of Twitter, it's just like impossible to say anything new. This is all making me feel so great oh, <laughs> about why I don't do jokes like that and how yeah. challenging it is. Yeah. You have to be like a really specific kind of genius to just like nail that down. I mean, not even genius, but yeah, have that yeah. brain trick where you can yeah. like turn something and feel um, a lot better about it. Um, yeah. Totally bonkers. Yeah. You just made me feel great about that. Yeah. The landscape totally changed. Yeah. Um, but that's why, like, I think about like your joke that I saw you do recently. That was so funny to me about like how you have like your weed and your like expensive face cream and then you like spill the face cream and you're like, what, like, what do I do now? That just feels like such a real moment. Like you don't math that out. That's something that just happens. Yeah. 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 You don't math that out. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, everybody. And then also, like, it occurred to me the other day, like, why am I talking to these people about this? Like, who gives a fuck? But it is sort of like there's a subtext there, right? I'm like, 
um, you know, we I'm all see ourselves in that moment. And that's why it's so powerful. Thanks, Lynn. And we're all like, that's Brie, our friend. Like we would do that. So we all like, like each other. My favorite comics are comics that invite you in and are like, we're friends here. Yeah. Like I'm just talking to you in this fun, friendly way. Yes. And, yeah. I call it big sister comedy. Oh, I love that. Isn't that cute? Yeah, I do love that. Beth Stelling to me is like oh. the, the uh, originator of the genre. Yeah. That's why everyone loves her. Yeah. Yeah. Beth Stelling. Because we're in this together. Phoebe Robinson, she's telling mm-hmm. us the dirty stuff. Mm-hmm. Love these women. Yeah, absolutely. Karen Kilgariff. Well, um, okay, this is all great. What is time? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I love that you're like, my two, my two hours at the gym, that's for me. I like that. It's not negotiable. I'm doing that. No, I have to do that. Nine hours, crazy. I'm sleeping. Oh, here's my suggestion. Don't go to open mics. <laughs> Is that really? Because I do feel I have a new strategy for open mics um, because I I'm not a natural performer. I'm a writer. So if I don't go on stage like regularly, I forget what to do with my hands. So I I have to do it like every day or I get awkward on stage. I'm going to throw out a crazy suggestion because somebody threw out this crazy suggestion to me last night. Okay. I was talking to Sean Grant, I like I Sean, Sean Grant. Grant. He fucking smashed and destroyed last night. He was so funny. He had these beautiful jokes about truth. <sighs> Not we about just truth. had him on the plaza. And oh, he did he do those jokes about finding God crashed. during the pandemic? Um, I'm going to be honest. I was running around during That's his sex. Okay. He was the first one up, but. Well, so he's got these jokes about finding God in the pandemic and how it is so bad for his comedy. And I like. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny. Anyway. Um. <laughs> very, very relatable. Um, but he, we were talking about open mics and I was like, what open mics do you go to? Like, I don't really like going to open mics. So if there's a good one, I want to go to that one. And he's like, Oh, I like going to improv jams. Uh, I hear that. That's I totally hear that. Brilliant. Yep. Um, and I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I started in improv. That was oh. my first comedy. Dis- Actually my first comedy discipline was sketch comedy oh, when wow. I was a little baby in college. And then it was improv. And in improv, I found my um, kind of spiritual creativity, and that is um, just honing in on the moment of creation, like that miracle moment. Um, And the way I think of it is stepping off a cliff. This was given to me by some improv teacher. You step off a cliff and you, you know, you open something. And is it a parachute? Is it an umbrella? It's something, you know, the stepping off the cliff to me is that that truth moment that you were, you know, like. I got to talk about this. It's really painful. It's really shameful. It's really like me. That's the stepping off a cliff. It's totally terrifying and scary. And then the moment where you open the umbrella, you open the parachute, that's the moment of creation. And the trust is something's going to come. And when you do improv, you step off the cliff, you like make a move and just hope that something happens. And so it's sort of a um, faith building with yourself. I did do improv for a while. I took classes. Oh, so you know. I think it, to me, it's like going to the gym for comedy. It's like, I hate doing it so much because I don't like acting and it makes me feel so stupid and it's so embarrassing, but it's so good for your brain. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm not a person who I, I think I'm a good writer, which is why I'm a good comic. I don't think I'm like naturally like a super funny person. Like I'm not like cracking the jokes at the party. Like I'm pretty like serious. 
And then I'm just, I know how to craft a joke well. So I think improv was a really cool way to like, be like, oh, I am funny. And like, I know how to find the funny in things like in real time. I don't have to like sit down and write it. So I agree. That's kind of smart that he does that. Maybe we need to start a group of like. This is also what I was going to say. It's Now it's not like you need another fucking thing on your plate. Yeah, exactly. But it would be so easy for maybe like, you know, us to identify. And I would be totally interested in doing this like a biweekly, spike weekly, every other weekly kind of group that got on zoom, went to, went somewhere, went to someone's house. With no intention of performing improv. That was my one problem. Every time I did it, people were like, we're going to do shows. And I was like, I really don't want to perform that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, I was also thinking of just a circle for new shit. Yeah. Yeah. New shit show. Um, have you ever done an improv mic? I really like those. They used to have them. No. I don't know if they do anymore. You just pull words out of a bucket and talk and the stakes like are list. like, yeah, yeah. I really like that. The stakes I really are like super low and yeah. I really miss the like gimmicky kind of shows that they used to do during the era of um, comedy festivals being really huge. Yeah. So it would be like, yeah, right. You know, about, yeah, they'd give comics prompts and stuff like that. Go away and write and come back and. You come up with great stuff that way. I was talking to Omar Nava about that. Do you know Omar? I don't. Oh my gosh, you would love him. He's like in the Cranes like universe. He he told me he went to some festival and he thought he was just going to do a set and they were like, oh no, like here's a prompt and you have to do a thing. And he was like, what? I like flew out here to do some. And then he ended up finding like a brand new like five minutes in one night because of this prompt. I don't appreciate the comedy festival bait and switch, but I'm glad it worked yeah, out for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did seem to work out well. Such a terrible um, <laughs> I know. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ugh, festivals are a scam art. Who knows? Um, that could be a topic for another thing. So I've yeah. never really done festivals because I I'm so skeptical. Like I'm so worried I'm going to fly to like nowhere, Iowa. Yeah. And for like an audience of two people and be like, what? what is this? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done that show and yeah, that's why I think like, it's so important for us to be in community to talk about these like kinds of things and experiences. And I will give you the straight dirt on every festival that I've done, but most of them have been nice. Most. Yeah. Yeah. I hear some are really great. Yeah. But then who knows if they even exist anymore. It's a changed landscape. Like you're saying, I know. Um, But I think, yeah, maybe like let's take that energy. You know, the landscape has changed, you know, you can't, you know, your amazing insight that you can't be an observational comedian in the age of Twitter, you idiots. Um, so like you're, you're looking ahead, like you're fucking, um, you're a seer, you know, it's coming. And when you say to yourself, like, I have my fingers in too many pies, what do I cut? Um, I think you might know already. Yeah, it's definitely the day job. <laughs> well, maybe, but you know, you come to me with open mic and you're like, I don't want to go to this open mic. And I'm like, yeah, yeah don't go. Um, or, or yeah, or whatever show, whatever day job, whatever is not working. I, I feel like you might know. And of course, like there isn't much to cut. As you say, you're very effective. There's not a lot you can do differently. It's not you. <laughs> I mean, maybe if the city was just a little cheaper, things would be just a little easier. Okay. 
So that's, I mean, this is a tough city because yeah. I mean, I don't, I've been living in this one bedroom apartment with my partner for all of quarantine and we're both working from home now and we need an office. Yeah. <laughs> we need like a separate space. And it's just like looking at rents or like, I mean, our rent stabilized. There's no, and it feels like no matter how much money we make, like we moved here and we like just had enough to afford this apartment. And then we like slowly have started making more money, but then the rent goes up. Yeah. So it feels like we're always like just behind being able to upgrade. And we're like in this constant, I'm sure you get that. I very much relate to that. Yeah, yeah very much. Um, so yeah, again, it's like, it's not you, it's just the circum, you know, like, yeah. and you know, so it's like, does that make it better? Probably not. But like, I, I always try to make sure that that's part of my guest experience that, you know, you're coming back to a situation where it's all external factors. And I, I think that makes it better. You know, for me, it does anyway, for me to be like, oh, well, at least there's no shame here because shame can be paralyzing yeah. in the same way. So, you know, and, and I'm at least, you know, I'm, I don't know if you can be grateful for this, but I'm really grateful that you are recognizing that because I have so many friends who are like, I'm bad <laughs> because nothing is getting done. I'm bad. I'm the problem, you know? Um, so, okay. Okay. So yeah, the first, yeah. So maybe a little bit of magic that I can put on this for you is I love that you are in like a positive relationship with yourself. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I think that is like, I don't know. Like I, I, I wish I, I want to celebrate that. I want, I want to go to a wedding where it's just you and yourself <laughs> and you're like, my boyfriend um, would say that would be the only wedding I'm ever having. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> interesting. Um, <laughs> but I, I, um, yeah, I just like, I, I just want to like elevate that and say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm envisioning this other Lynn Molly, you know, like Lynn Molly too. And she is like, she's, she's like, um, an ephemeral Lynn Molly. She doesn't need to eat or like sleep in a one bedroom apartment or do anything. She's yeah. just like the version of you. That's like free from all of the shit. And she's like oh. creating miracles all day long. Yeah. Like the thing that you said, you know? Yeah. Um, so she is, she and you can talk all day. Oh, I love that. So she, yeah, you, you can talk to her all, all day long and you know, she's fucking pissed <laughs> is the feeling that I get is she's pissed for you. Yeah, probably. Like, and she's like, she can't even understand, you know, like what the fuck dude, like this sucks. And like, she sees it all as external, like you're perfect and you are her, like you guys are literally the same person. She's just totally, you know, free from, from the earth. So, um, I don't know. I don't know why I think that will be helpful. But I'm That's like the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And I've gone to three therapists that I've ghosted. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that so much better. Well, it's not really even a strategy, but it's, you know, it's something to say that you are free um, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a little part of all of us is... I mean, that's that five hours a day. That's that five hours a day. But, you know, I really believe, you know, if we're going to get witchy woo woo, yeah. I really believe there is, you know, we we're creators, man. You know, when you say miracle, I'm I agree with you. Like it's an actual every time, miracle. every single time bless, you know, 
thank you. Thank you to the creator. So much, so much blessings that we can create miracles every day. Ugh, I love that you said that. That's like immediately a part of my lexicon forever. Right. I love it. I feel like every time I do a new joke and it lands, that is a miracle. It is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that moment of sharing. Yeah. You, you, that's, um, the primitive creator is like, you know, you, you go into the forest away from your village, you come back to the village with fire and they, yeah. are, Ooh, ah, yeah. Absolute magic. Yeah. Um, but so, so yeah. So the, so the reason I say that they, that we all are free somewhere is that we, in that moment of miracle, in that moment of creation, we're somewhere. And in that, in, and if you kind of don't believe in time, like me, you can live in that moment forever yeah. in a way um, it, somewhere you are living in that moment forever. That's very comforting to think about that. There is that, that portion of you that exists. I feel like I am spiritually bypassing your problem. <laughs> I'll take it. It's, it's like you sit so much in your own problems with your own yeah. brain. It's just like nice to have someone yeah. else's brain. And sometimes like you want to drop this stuff on your friends, but you're like, I can't, I can't like use you all as my therapist. And like, they've all got their own. And yeah. I think a lot of my friends think exactly the same way I do. So I, I like your like kind of woo woo take. Good. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's good to have a different perspective. And sometimes like, you know, if you're a person who's goal oriented and you're kind of putting things in boxes, getting, you know, lists checked off, um, a visual of your ghostly self, like doing something differently might be useful in a different way. Um, so yeah. Okay. Let me pull a tarot card for you. Cause I feel like you oh, need fun. some more. <laughs> I, I do have two tarot decks sitting in front of me. Oh, what are they? Tell okay. me about them. Let's see. I have this one that I won at a, I'm pretty sure it's from anthropology, but I won it at a, like a white elephant. Cute. Illuminated tarot. Yeah. Um, the girl who created it, this was like her MFA, like in design project, which oh. I think is so cool. And then the other one is a gift I got. People really like to give me tarot cards, which is this modern witch oh, deck. Oh, yes. I love that. I it's love so that It's so pretty. It's based on the like rider one, but it's all like, like feminist. Cute. We love it. I yeah. also have a low key feminist deck. It is. Um, have you seen the craft? Uh, of course. So um, the uh, actress from the craft, Rachel True, and she's in Half Baked. She she designed this deck, oh. and um, yeah. So I've got my little Rachel True deck, Aww. and I pull a card for the good and gentle listeners all the time. But I'll pull one for you. Um, so what does Linda need? Lynn need to know this. Is what I if you ever want to do a tarot practice, um, I say, what does Lynn need to know about um, managing time, being free from time? What does Lynn? So it's finding the question. What does Lynn need to know about? Uh, Okay, what does Lynn need to know about finding time to create? What, what does Lynn need to know about her process? What does Lynn need to know about finding her process? What does Lynn need to know about finding her process? Okay, I'm just gonna pull a card where it feels good. Oh, I pulled the Six of Swords. Oh. And what it is, um, so it is a bunch of swords in the water. They're sticking out of the water and a bunch of crows are pulling a girl out of the water. She's oh, suspended boy. above the water. It looks very drama. Um, in the Rider weight deck, I believe the Six of Swords is a bunch of swords around a person, and the person is bound and um, hand uh, blindfolded, very loosely bound. I think we talked about this la- the same card last week on this podcast. That's wild. Who was it? It was Tess Christie, who's a um, a tarot card reader. Oh wow, cool. 
Oh no, the Six of Swords is a different card. The Six of Swords in the Rider Weight deck is like, um, she's <laughs> there's like two people in a boat and they're like being uh, gondolaed away from something, and it's like, oh, regret, oh, something terrible. <clears throat> so, oh, oh, so this is what I get from this is we were talking about how. Um, so this, this card is about leaving something behind. And we were talking about how we write through truth. We write about truthful shit. Um, so I think like making your creation time also part of your healing time is what this is. And healing, arguably as important as sleeping and gym. Yeah. Um, I know we can't do it all the time. I am the healing hammer, everything um, is healing for me, but you got to take breaks. Um, but if you are, you know, needing those crows to carry you away from your troubles or your, or your mind, um, that could be part of it. And maybe even like your monkey chatter mind, um, is, is, you know, something that you can surrender to, um, and, and, and ephemeral Lynn will take you away from, from that. Yeah. I, I like that. Just like kind of, so you're saying kind of like let the crows like take uh, you away. Like surrender. surrender. Yeah. Surrender is the word. Yeah. Surrender. Um, yeah. Do you know each of the cards? Um, like, yeah, much? pretty much. Um, and then I'll, I also, um, you know, my spirituality, I just like open, you know? So if I get an image in front of me, I'm like, Oh, that brings up this. Mm. So it's more me than the cards, but the cards are pretty, I think their cards are pretty special and that's why they've um, transcended, you know, all these many years since the 1400s and beyond that. Yeah. Oh, I, I love my tarot cards. Good. Yeah. I hear oh, you. Oh man. I also have a bunch of crystals over here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gotta. Yeah. Um, well, dear, um, I hope that some of this landed with you. Um, I feel like I brought a lot of, you know, woo woo to a very, um, structured person. And I think it, I think the translation worked, but, um, I'm going to hang out with ephemeral Lynn often. And, uh, we're going to just talk about how much we love you. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. Oh, I love ephemeral Lynn and Lynn IRL. And it was so nice to spend this time with you. I'm so, um, glad to be in community with you and I hope we can um, see each other soon. We will yes. um, see each other soon in comedy. And everyone needs to show up to Halen Molly on the internet to see what's happening with you. Yeah. And is there anything else you need to say to good and gentle listeners? Uh, I would just love for them to come see you at the plaza on December 17th. That's right. I'm going to be there. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Oh my God. I'm going to like, I'm going to do some sort of love spell um, there because I need Brad Pitt's energy in my life. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think you're going to be very well received. I think they're going to love you. It's going to be sell out like a hundred people each show. So get ready. You're incredible, dude. It's wild. It's this show is beyond me at this point. (laughs) It's Brad Pitt. It's my, it's It's Brad. Brad Pitt. A river runs through us all. Um, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Well, Lynn, thank you so, so much for, for being so open with us. Um, we really appreciate it. And yeah, of um, I'm going to end the episode the way I end every episode of You Can Do It With Bree Pruitt, which is by singing the very end of Boys to Men's End of the Road. And you're welcome to join me if you'd like. I don't know if I know the words, but I'll okay. see how it goes. Okay. And now we've come 
to the end of the road and i can't let go it's so natural you belong to me i belong to you excellent <laughs>